Hey everybody, and welcome to another Across the Airwaves Smallville Retro Reviews. I I am your host, Michael J. Petty, and with and me I, is my co-host. And I am Wu S. Kim, yes. the co-host. The co-host. To the much better Michael J. Petty. This week, we're actually covering the entire ninth season of Smallville in a season nine retrospective. But first, we have some news in current pop culture we have to get across. So on to our news. Woo. Take that away. Yeah. Well, as many of you know, and quite honestly, if you haven't heard about this, you have been living under a rock for the last couple of days. Um, the co-founder of Apple, Steve Jobs, passed away from complica- long complications from his pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And the world, and really, the whole world reacted, didn't they, Penny? Yeah, they did. I mean, it's a very sad thing that anyone has to die. Period. Especially someone who's had such an impact on our culture in the last twenty-five years, at yeah. least. But yeah, the whole world did respond, and well, obviously, everyone's upset about it. Yeah. I can tell you, just like, because it's similar to like big events like Michael Jackson passing away or September 11th happening. I was on my iMac. I logged onto Facebook and somebody I follow from CNET, which if you don't know what CNET is, it's a, it's a technology website. They cover and review like tech products and this and that. And one of the women that I follow on Facebook can said that Steve Apple confirms that Steve Jobs passed away and that I just went over to the CNET website and it was true within like and I'm not kidding you guys within 45 minutes I got I got like 10 15 Facebook messages from people I follow in the tech community I mean it was crazy like everybody that's that's insane I mean, I found out over what? Twitter. So oh, I, d- I didn't even know till that night. I didn't. Apparently, it had happened like a half an hour before I logged on, and within within that like extra hour and a half, I stayed online. Pretty much every major tech company, from Sony, from HP to Adobe to you know like Lenovo to Research in Motion who makes Blackberries. And let the record show, the first tech company besides Apple that, you know, sent their condolences was Microsoft and the first technology person that sent his condolences was Bill Gates. Wow. Which says a lot. Yeah, it does. Because a lot of people who are greedy and selfish would not say anything like that at all. Well, I I said this to several people. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs are very much like brothers. I wouldn't call them friends, but they did come up around the same time. They were taught basically by the same people. And, you know, they've gone through a lot of the similar experiences. Yeah, they've gone through a bumpy road once or twice, but, you know, who has it with somebody who's a competitor? Exactly. Exactly. And I think and, that speaks the most, that his yeah. competitor is the one who simplifies for him. For and this. people that he really can get along with, either like Adobe. I was very surprised to even see Adobe um, sending their condolences after their rocky road with Apple. But Well, the thing is, one man doesn't make the company. The company could be something completely different than what the man stands for and thinks. Yes. Absolutely. And whether you like Steve Jobs, whether you like Apple, you have to acknowledge and respect the mark that Steve Jobs left. Not just a not just a um, philanthropist, not just a creator. Maybe the closest thing to a visionary that we've seen that we will see in our lifetime. Quite possibly. Yes. I call him like a mixture of Mick Jagger, Henry Ford, and, you know, Lawrence Olivier. I mean, who logs on to a website 
to just watch a guy talk about a new product. Exactly. When something launched from Apple, you watched it, or you had an opinion on it. Well, the thing is, he made his first computers out of wood. Yes. Enough said. Yeah. Very much the, you know, American dream type story pretty much came up from lower to middle class, like, made his first computer with his best friend Steve Wozniak, a.k.a. Woz, out of his parents' garage. Right. Which was the Apple One, and very minimalist. But to, to say something about my first experience, and this might differ a little bit from Petty's because he's a bit younger than me, most elementary schools from like 1989 to about 1996, 1997, all had Apple computers, had Macs. Hmm. The first computer I worked on in elementary school was an Apple II to play the very high-tech game Oregon Trail. Oh my gosh. I think Penny knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and my very first paper I ever wrote was on a Mac. And even though I was very anti-Mac because they were the cool guys when I was growing up, I really did respect the design work and I really respected the hard work that Steve Jobs put into attention to detail. and. That's one of the things that he will be remembered for is his attention to detail and his just visionary, unique outlook on things that really Bill Gates can't even really claim to. Because I'll say this, Bill Gates brought, you know, computers and tech into the home, into our everyday lives. Steve Jobs made impacts and he made visionary, like, designs. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to, like... The little Bill Gates, but you know, Bill Gates was a smart guy, but and but Steve Jobs, he was a visionary. I agree, and in honor of that, I think we should dedicate this episode to Steve Jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to just very quickly share my first experience with an Apple product, and then we will move on, folks. We don't mean to keep you waiting, but. But yeah, um, my first experience with an Apple product actually <laughs> was ever since I've just been growing up. I grew up around one because my mom has one of the original Macs, even to this day, and uses it for calendars and stuff like that. So she loves it, and she has a she has a laptop now, a notebook, and she just can't get past it. So. I mean, let's just draw this down to a common denominator. If there was no Steve Jobs, we probably wouldn't be doing this this thing called the podcast, which came from the iPod. Mm-hmm. And many, many podcasts would not be able to, you know, be in existence from what Steve Jobs created. And to so, sort of wrap this up, there is a debate on what his defining product was, whether it was the the Mac, the iMac, the iPod, the iPad. But to me, and just because of the cultural impact and really how, how this was copied, his biggest invention will always be the iPhone. Okay. I look would what, say I mean, iPod. Look, look what technology was before the iPhone and look where it is afterwards with the touch interface. Yeah, I agree. But I personally would say iPod. Which, which, like, you know, eerily, ironically, just celebrated its 10, 10 year anniversary this month. Wow. Wow. But anyway. But, but again, you know, it doesn't seem real, you know? It's like. He, I mean, it's similar to like when Michael Jackson passed away a couple years ago. It just doesn't seem real yet. And it probably won't seem real for a long time. Probably not. Yeah, but again, like, and I think Penny said it it best. We dedicate this podcast to the memory of Steve Jobs and thank him for thinking differently. Exactly. So with that, we're actually going to move on to something else real quick before we get into our season nine 
recap or overview or whatever you want to call it. I made Wu watch a Cartoon Network's Mad TV episode, or at least part of it. And in that episode featured a parody of the show that we are covering, Smallville. And they entitled the little feature, Smallville Turn Off the Clark. And not only is it really a parody of Superman and Smallville, but it's also a parody of the Broadway show Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as well. So, Which, by the way, I've not heard a damn thing about the show, more so than the accidents that happen on the show. I will say the music in the show is good. Yeah, but I've never, I've never heard anybody say, until you, I've never heard anybody say anything about the show itself, just the mishaps that happen with that show. <laughs> that, and that's the point of the little Smallville skit. Yeah. Now, now I've only seen this once, Petty's seen it more. Tell the podcasting listening audience, Petty, what happens in this skit. So as a brief recap of this little skit, um, Clark, with Chloe and Lois watching, walks into the Fortress of Solitude in his red and blue jacket and comes out in his red and blue Superman uniform. And right after that, the producers, the film crew, they all skedaddle and get out of there. Everybody, that's a wrap on season 10. And Julie La- Nate Laymore? Is Julie Laymore, yes. Yes who is the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark person who pretty much ruined that show. She offers Clark a job in her new musical that's fresh and nothing like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. It's now Smallville Turn Off the Clark. Hey, that rhymed. Anyway. (laughs) And for people who don't know, you can see this if you read the documentary Look Up in the Sky, there was a Superman musical in the 70s, or for you comic book fans, the Silver Age, but it really didn't last too long. It was written by the people that wrote Bye Bye Birdie. Ah, that's interesting. I knew there was a musical. I didn't know who it was written by, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but if you guys if you guys want to watch this full video, feel free to go to the Across Airways YouTube channel because I had uploaded it on there because I could not pass that up. But what were your immediate thoughts on this, Will? I was little perplexed because it looked it looked like every like because Cartoon Network, quite frankly, has a habit with this of like, of course, with Robot Chicken and with other things to parody things. So I wasn't like too blown away by it. But the but when they brought in Lionel Luther towards the middle of it, that then I went, okay, I'll, I'll jump on board with this. It was great because he's dancing and acting like a rooster and clucking and all that. It's so funny. Yeah. My favorite joke is the um, Edge Zod Lex joke near the end. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. That and if you're good. not a YouTube fan, you're not going to get that joke. I'm actually but, Bono. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really Bono. Oh. <laughs> oh, good job then. Yeah. That's, it is funny. Hawkman in that is funny, too. Where's my mace? Where's my mace? Yeah, and uh, honestly, again, you're not going to get it if you're not a fan of um, Smallville specifically. You're not going to get any of the jokes. But if you are a fan of Smallville, you're going to get all the jokes. Yeah, and so many Smallville fans have watched this thing and laughed so hard. It's so funny. So, yeah, we just had to bring that up because we couldn't, I couldn't pass that up. Lou probably yeah. could. I couldn't. Yeah. No, and that's why I've let him do the, the majority of talking on that because he, I like it, but my cohort here loves it. He likes talking, just not when he doesn't like something as much. Oh, oh. Oh. Bang, bang, I shot you. Oh, down. wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> that is a tasty I'm bird. I'm going to go to the bathroom now and cry a little bit. <laughs> that is the tasty burger. <laughs> Do you mind if I have some of your beverage to wash it down? So it's it's like, it sounded like the ladies' man from Saturday Night Live to No, it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing that up for the second time on this podcast. 
I think that's gonna be one of our bits for you to, to write that one down. No, it will. It will. Oh, here's some related to Smallville news related to one of the performers. Um, John Schneider um, is now on a new CMT show called Trick My What? If you're a CMT fan, it's kind of a takeoff of Trick My Truck, which was a ripoff of MTV's Pit My Ride. And John Schneider and his crew are like, like redoing or remaking people's broken down boats, cars, trucks, like within a, like a set time period, like they did on CMT's Trick My Truck, and he's the host. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I think it airs like Thursdays at 10 o'clock on CMT. Please re- refer to the CMT website to make sure. But if you're a big John Schneider fan and you really like him, check it out. Yeah, and just real quick, I'm going to give you guys a little more info on some of the other actors. I know Erica Durant is scheduled to get star on the new Charlie's Angels show on ABC, which I've seen the pilot, and I I will admit I liked it. Dan did not like it or anything. I know, he wasn't too fond of it. I enjoyed it, though. They kill an angel in the first five minutes. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the, the pilot, quite frankly. Well, I'm busy on Thursdays. It's free on iTunes right now. Yeah, I'll probably see it on Hulu. And then Justin Hartley is going to appear as a guest star on Chuck this final season. Oh, is it, have they confirmed it's the final season? Yes, 13 Thank episodes. God. 13 episode final season. I'm excited. I am pumped. So is Dan. So is Nico. Woo, obviously not. No, I I liked Chuck when it first started, but I agree with a friend of a mutual friend of ours, um, Derek Russell, Russell, that it really should have ended last season. Agreed, but oh well. It's final season. You got to get into it. Yeah. And then lastly, I know Cassidy Freeman was um on the Playboy Club, which obviously failed miserably, but yeah, she was on that. Yeah, Cassidy Freeman in her hotness on, on the show called The Playboy Club couldn't have saved that mess on NBC. Nope, unfortunately. Which so. we weren't surprised with, quite honestly. That I, me personally, I was not surprised that it was canceled. Oh, it was already canceled too? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it was, it lasts like three episodes, which, look at the network it's on, look at the day it's on, look look at the time that it's on. That's sad. If this show, but if this show was on FX, I think it would last longer, but yep. that's another story for another podcast. And Michael Rosenbaum's show, the sitcom Breaking In, which us at ATA all of, has been yes. renewed for a second season, which will air sometime first quarter of Janu- in January. Yes. Or February. It's one of the two. But that is on Fox, and I believe it's Wednesday nights. Yes, please watch, because we want a full season run of that for the third season. It has 13 episodes, I believe. Yeah, but I really wanted to get, for it to get a, like a full season run. Oh, I agree. And then you can also check out Jensen Ackles every week on Supernatural on the CW, as well as Aaron Ashmore on Warehouse 13 on Sci-Fi. I've heard, I heard he's doing well, Mr. Ashmore. I've heard, I heard he is, too. It was his birthday the other day. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Aaron Ashmore. You're the second person we're dedicating this podcast to. Anyway. Which actually leads us into a great segue into season nine. Yes, because your character just died. Yes. Now to do a quick, a quick, and again, I'm gonna put the spoiler alert sign. If you've not seen season eight, um, if you've not seen season nine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But my point is, um, Henry James Olsen gets murdered by Davis Bloom, and we need, need, let the record show, not Doomsday, by Davis Bloom. Sam Whitworth, who is on Being Human right now. Yeah, on Sci-Fi. He gets killed by Davis Bloom, partly because Chloe wanted to save him, and Clark wanted to see good in him, so Henry James Olsen, dead, and Clark, I think we're going to do this character by character here for what happens in the season, but before we get there, this season has, the reason I wanted to do this season is this has the best 
like season long arc of we're down in the dumps. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get there? And slowly but surely, the JLA as a whole and the cast as a whole pretty much plots out everything that's gonna be for season ten as a team. It's very much like season four or five of Supernatural in that end. Yes. I, I'd say it actually is more of season five now that I've been watching more of season five. But season five really doesn't set up anything for season six. Yes. That's the only problem. That's why I say four and five. Yes. But to start off, Clark... Kent. ...is feeling very, very sorry for himself and very guilt-ridden after what occurred with Mr. Henry James Olsen. So at the end of season eight, he says goodbye, Chloe. I'm turning my back on humanity. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go somewhere to finish my training to be a Jedi. No, I'm just kidding. I know kung fu, Matrix. Yes. Um, and because of that, Lois goes missing uh, in the season eight finale, Doomsday. So when we see him in Savior, he he is not. He's not wearing his blue or his red. He's wearing a silver ash shield with one of the most big trench coats I've ever seen. Oh my god. And he's pretty much turned his back on humanity. But until Lois Lane returns. It is like the best suit ever. Yes. I would wear that every day if I owned it. And Penny and I have talked about this. Clark Clark hasn't turned his back on humanity because he feels it's the right thing to do. He's just feeling down in the dumps about himself, mainly because he can't trust anybody. Chloe turned his back on him, like in season eight. Oliver, like, murdered Lex Luthor, which we'll get into a little bit later. Clark really can't trust any of his friends. And Lois doesn't know his secret at this point. And Tess, obviously, he won't either. Yeah. So who does? So who can he turn to? Pretty much nobody. Besides because Jor-El. his mom's gone. Lionel's dead. Jonathan's dead. And Jorel is pretty much the only kind of parental figure he has left. Which is why he has to train with him in the fortress for what is it? Three months, they say. Yeah, or a couple weeks, I think so. Okay. But Clark's journey is one of like um somewhat of a hypocrite to me because Lois does come back and when Lois comes back he was first of all he says in like in Doomsday to go back to Doomsday like Clark Kent is dead and he's not going to have any kind of connection to humanity but once Lois Lane shows up oh okay that's okay that's over now for a couple weeks and you know the love of my life is back well I think I think the deal with that mainly was he had just lost Lana, and then he had just lost Lois. And all his friends turned on him. And all his friends turned on him. And again, I believe that's what it was. And having Lois come back, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but having Lois come or come back opened the door for him to be able to trust someone again and will eventually lead him to be able to trust his other friends again as well, even true. so far as Tess Mercer. True, but really the victim out of all of this is Chloe Sullivan. Yes. She's the one that gets the short end of the stick. And slowly but surely, Clark does realize, you know, throughout the season, thanks to falling in love with Lois, you know, being more open with her. Not as open as, you know, I'd hoped. Petty knows this, and he knows what I'm talking about. When when he and I were a member of the Stark Girls House of O universe, I was very lukewarm with a Lois and Clark relationship and the triangle triangle involving Clark's superhero alter ego because I had seen that done to death several times before and I really didn't want that taking up a lot of this season because of, there were bigger things and we'll get onto those bigger things. Mm-hmm. You remember, you remember, Petty, that I was getting a lot of flack Mainly from, from some me. of the female members of the group. Do you think that was justified? I think the flack I give you is justified. <laughs> 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 I, 
Whoa, is this my roast or what? But isn't that always? Anyway, no. But, but you see my point, though, right? I, you think that, that either go all the way with it in Season 9 or just don't go with it at all. That was my point. I understand your point, but as you know, I am a pure, I am a purist. And I must remain that way, otherwise I lose my mind. Yeah. So I was happy with it. The only thing I wasn't happy about was Clark did not wear the glasses again after Idol until Homecoming, and I got really mad. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and looking back on it, I think I should have just let let it go. I should, think I should have just let it slide mm -hmm. because of what the payoff beginning season ten. Yes, I agree. You should have because, let it slide. Because if <laughs> thank you, Penny. Well, no, I'm serious because. If we didn't get that payoff early on in season 10, I would have been majorly upset. And, mm -hmm. it, and it really was the episode in season season 9, season nine with, well, what is that episode where they get fired, Penny? Charade. Charade. With the, one of the best Lois and Clark, you know, dialogue conversations I've ever heard. Do you agree? I agree. The one near the end of the episode, which... I was just like, you know, my breath was taken away just because of, it was basically like, you take a panel of Lois and Clark and you just put it on screen. And I, and I think this talk about relationship really gives us the transition to go into Lois. Yes. Because, yes, we've talked to, about Clark a little bit, not so much, but really, there isn't as much for him this season except growing into the man he's going to become in season 10. And... Most of that is due to not only reconnecting with Ollie, reconnecting with Chloe, and falling in love with Lois, but his mother towards the end, and the villain that he faces this season. Yes, the villain he faces once again. Yes. But as in regards to Lois, Lois, going back to Lois, Lois has a kind of cat fight, which was one of the best fight scenes between two women on Smallville in Doomsday. Yes. And she puts on the Legion ring. Mm -hmm. and, and we don't know what happens to Lois. Well, everyone thought she was going to the 31st century. I thought she was going to meet the Legion. I thought she was going to meet the Legion, too. Um, but she puts on the Legion ring, and we don't know where she went. You really don't know the full story until, like, episode 9 or 10 or 11, is it? I'm Pan looking at my screen here. Episode what, 9 of Pandora. Yeah. Where you realize where she's been all this time. And it's part of like the JLA and the and Lois to find out where she was and what did she see. Mm -hmm. And Lois is a very sympathetic character this season. Not necessarily us sympathizing for her, but her sympathizing for others. Yeah. And I and I get that in the blur, and I get that in Metallo. Yes, but uh, but this actually brings up something that I that I didn't talk about in the intro very much. The reason why, another reason why I wanted to do this season, because every episode pretty much flows in, into the other. Yeah. There is no real standalone episode this one season, except for maybe, like, Escape. Oh. Oh. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Escape. But even that, it still had implications to, to like, the rest of the season with other characters which I, which I, why I call this like the best season of the series, in terms of just like overall arcs, overall writing, performances. I agree in terms of overall arcs. Yeah. I don't agree in the other, as you know. I don't necessarily have a favorite season. I guess I'd lean more towards six, but that's because that's where I started, and I feel the most connection to that. Well, I say best in my view because of. Just the fond memories I have, I have about the season overall. Mm -hmm. That's how I define best. Now, the listening audience on their smartphones and MP3 players might think differently. That's fine. And I. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, that's just the way I view it. No, absolutely, and that's what the show is. It's about opinions. It's about what we think. We're not telling you to think a certain way. We're just giving you our thoughts. Yes, this is not 1984, to give another Steve Jobs reference. Yes, it's not 1984, and it's not Fahrenheit 451. Yes, 
No, but going back into Lois, this might be Erica Durant's best season in terms of like storyline, in terms of material. Well, she was used so much this season, more than more more so than Chloe, who got more episodes than she did. Well, I think that was by request because Allison Mack was pretty much in every scene in almost every episode in season eight. I think that was more by default, honestly. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Allison said, could you just kind of like scale back on me a little bit? Because. Well, that's probably a reason why she was only in eight or nine episodes of season 10. Yeah. Because I do count flashbacks. Yeah, I do count flashbacks too. But Erica Durant's got to play Lois as sexy, as silly, as heroic, as intelligent, as... As everything we want her to be as a Lois Lane. Everything Lois Lane was and still is in the comic books and in the other media all thrown into one. You have Dana Delaney in there, you have, you know... Well, that's debatable now. Terry Hatcher... You have Phyllis Coach, you have pretty much every Lois Lane, and a little bit of her interpretation as well. Now, obviously, the only Lois Lane they don't have is the New 52 Lois Lane, who I honestly yeah. hate after reading Superman 1, by the way. Yeah, I think we will do, like, a, a comics episode if, if people, or a comic section if people are confused by the comic references we make. But I think her, like, standout performance was in the later half of season nine with all of the managing being in love with the blur and being in love with smallville as in clark kent Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely but moving on shall we get to mr zod mr you mean mason yes (laughs) that's an inside joke now when season Penny and I know this because we listened to Shu, which had a lot of Smallville news. Originally in season nine, Sam Whitworth was going to play, who also played Davis Bloom, was going to play a character named Mason, which was, you know, Zod. which was a, a variation of Zod. Yeah. Still there, Penny? I'm still there. Yeah. So when that didn't work, when Sam Whitworth didn't want to play Zod, they just went full on Zod and got Mr. And we don't know his first two names until you listen to the DVD commentary or the Blu-ray commentary of Candor, Mr. Daniel James Callum Blue. Yes, who everyone else besides you calls Callum Blue. Yeah. Well, he calls himself that on the DVD. He calls himself Daniel James. I think, I think Callum is like a nickname, I think. Well, it's a cooler name. Yeah, it's a cooler name. But to tell you the truth, ladies and gentlemen, I had never seen Callum Boo. Almost nobody, when they announced him to be Zod, I had never seen him before in anything. And I really was intrigued until we got to Savior and he said the iconic... The iconic line, Neil before Todd. No, um, Neil before Zod. I had seen him in Princess Diaries. Oh, see, I, I didn't see that movie. <laughs> no, I did. I'm serious. I have little sisters. Yeah. <laughs> the, sta- the standard defense mechanism of an answer. No, I, will, no, I, but, I will bring them in this room right now. Yes, yes, no, yes. No, I won't. That's a joke. But, a sick joke. It, and I hope Michael Shannon does a good job. Michael Shannon is the guy that is cast as General Zod and Man of Steel. But really, I was kind of hoping that this guy, Mr. Callum Blue, was going to get um, the role of Zod in the movie because he did the best General Zod since Terrence Stamp I've ever seen. Absolutely. And really, it's the only Zod since Terrence Stamp we've seen. Besides Michael Rosenbaum, who really doesn't count. Yeah, he was playing a possessed man playing Zod. It's yeah. a different thing. Yeah, yeah. But we know Dominion. Yeah. They came together. They were yeah. one. Yeah. Um, 
Zot's storyline in this season is very similar to Clark's in the sense of he's trying to find... First of all, we don't know how Zod came to Earth. We have no idea. When episode one, season nine starts, we have no idea, first of all, how these people got here, why they're here, and quite honestly, they don't know either Zod and his troops. Zod knows. Yeah. Zod, Zod knows why, but he why, but he doesn't know but doesn't know why he doesn't have his powers, or none of his troops ha have their powers. Mm -hmm. We find that out. We find that out in the episode Candor, but which we already have recovered. Yeah, we 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 covered that, and she covered that. But Zod's storyline is very similar to Clark because he's been told by other people that he's a clone. What his older self did to Krypton, and. You're asking yourself, when is Zod going to turn into the iconic Zod that we know? And through through that journey, we get to see Zod as funny. We get to see Zod as coy. We get to see Zod as kind of alluring and attractive. Very, scary. very good performance by Callum Blue. Yes, and scary. Yes, and scary and strong and rivals the chemistry between um, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Willing because his his chemistry with Tom Willing is just off the charts. Which you think is better, I do not agree. I agree, I believe Lex and Clark's chemistry was better, but I think they had more time to explore it and that was the reason. Yeah, I think so too. But, but really, because there's so many good standout performances, um, there isn't just one good good episode with Zod. Let's move on to I think you're in mine's favorite character, Miss Cassidy Freeman, aka Tess Merchant. Definitely one of them. I don't know if I'd say favorite, but definitely one of them. She's attractive. Yes, she is. She's very attractive. Um, and and not to sound like a broken record, and. The, and this is totally true. I'm not saying this with any like facetiousness. Of the three seasons that Cassidy Freeman was on the show as Tess, I think she was used best in this season overall. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, and here's something that's very interesting. Tess and Clark don't even have a scene together in season nine, like an actual talking dialogue scene until episode like eight or episode seven, Candor. Mm -hmm. So for like, and a couple episodes in like season eight, Tess opens the Omega Hedron, which oh, which allows the clones to escape. And the whole reason, the whole reason this season exists, and you can even go back even further to Davis Boone, is because of Tess. Yeah, because Tess like points. Clark in the direction of Davis Blue, Tess, like, pretty much sets everything in motion with the Kandorians. And Tess's, like, explanation, let's call it, is really a half-hearted one, which everyone sees that she's trying to save the environment, trying to save the Earth. Mm -hmm. Which everyone calls BS on, because they can see right through that. She can't, but everybody else can. Exactly. And, again, the and I think this is for all the performers. There's not just there's not just one great episode for these performers. There's many, many, many. There's some that are better than others. Like yes. for I don't know what I'd say for Clark, honestly. Finale is definitely one of his. Yeah. Incoming well, is I'm definitely just talking one. about this season. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about characters in general. Yeah. Zod would but, be Dominion. Yeah. But but Tessa's Revelation via Martha, aka the Red Queen, is something very poignant, which they do carry on further in season ten. I love the fact that Tess finally realizes what what she's done and what she's been doing. Mm -hmm. And I like, and I love the fact that it doesn't. And it's a very simplistic thing. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It matters what you think about yourself. Right. 
which is totally resolved in season 10. But let's go on to Mr. Oliver Queen. Yes. The bad Oliver boy. Queen. The bad boy of the season. Or the attempted bad boy. Yeah. Um, Blame attempted bad boy. Yeah. Oliver <laughs> is a kind of a mixed bag for two reasons. Everybody's dealing with angst of some kind. Would you agree with that, Penny? Yeah. Everybody's dealing with angst of some kind, whether it's their own angst about what they've done or what they plan, what they're planning to do. Ollie's is double-fold in the sense of he hires Henry James Olsen to tag along to Davis and Chloe to figure out where they are, but in essence, that gets him killed. Mm-hmm. And he's also feeling guilty because he blew, he blew up Lex Luthor. Yes, he did. He killed a man in cold blood, and he's feeling guilty about that. And again, it doesn't matter because it's him, because it's a superhero. He's a superhero. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the person was evil or not. He still killed somebody. Right. And his, his, I think, is the least developed in terms of the up and down of angst that we get with the other characters. But it's still strong, and I think it's more strong in the episode called Echo and in the episode, I'm looking it up, Disciple. Yes. I love his performances in both episodes. and it's a Batman Begins episode. Yes. <laughs> and I, and to tell you the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and I haven't thought to Petty about this, I liked the Chloe. Oh, Chloe and Oliver. I thought you meant Clark and Oliver for a second. I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, I love, I love the Chloe. I, I think it worked. I, I personally wanted to make out with Alice and Matt, but that wasn't in the cards for me. <laughs> oh, well, funny. Oh, but I think it worked, and I think it really wrapped up their storyline. But to move on one step further is, I think, the best like story beyond Clark's, which was with Alice and Mac, a.k.a. Chloe Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Chloe is the one holding all the bags of everybody's angst. Yeah. She, because she knows everything about everybody, but there's no comfort in that. Yeah. Because she has the guilt of not trusting her husband, trusting this guy who ended, who ended up ramming a pole through your husband's heart. Yep. And. Your best friend pretty much tells you, I'm leaving, I can't take this anymore. And pretty much is the eye in the sky, but she doesn't really understand even with seven other people telling her what that means. She doesn't really understand that until Watchtower gets brought down in like episode 20. Which, and then it comes back online the next episode. Yeah, or episode 19, I'm sorry. And Chloe's thing, I think, is the most human. Because it's always the thing of everybody's going through their thing, but they don't realize that you're going through something as big or even bigger, and no one's acknowledging you for it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love the up and down with Chloe, because Chloe, like, I don't think rightfully so, got pegged as the new Lana. I don't know if I'd say that. At least for a season. Well, okay. Yeah. And I love the episode, the thing in Savior where Clark, Chloe asks Clark to use the Legion ring to save Henry James Olsen, and Clark just says no. Yeah, he can. He he feels guilty, but he knows what happened the last time he did that. And really, and he's gone back in time twice, and both times have ended badly. One of one of those, his his father was his human father was killed. Second time, the whole world pretty much broke down because of his big mouth. Yep, that's what and, happens. And 
We're gonna go through some favorite episodes. Yeah. Of this season, right off the bat, I'm gonna go with Kandor, which we covered. And right off the bat, I'm gonna go with Salvation. Yes. If which, that had been the series finale, I think I would have been completely fine with it, other than the ending. I agree. The fight was amazing. Everything was amazing. The best teaser of all time. Well, second only to the sense in terms of what you saw. Or what you didn't see in this yes. case. It was directed by Greg Beeman and written by Smallville alumnus Al Septian and Trey Meyer. Yes. Honorable mentions, I have to go with maybe the... The best second episode of the series, Metallo. Absolutely the second best episode of the series. Well, not the well, not second best of the series, second episode of the series. Or second, best second episode of the series. There you go. Yes, because second episodes can either be good or bad. Yeah. I mean, they're a mixed bag, and Penny and I have discussed this. You can either have a really good one like Metallo, or a really bad one, bad one like, what was 402? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, also, honorable mentions. I like this episode. I know Penny's not really big on it, but um, Warrior. It's okay. It's okay, but... Well, no, we 402 is good. Well, yes, Penny? 402 is the one where they find Chloe. That one's good. I didn't... I was not a, I was not a fan of it. I know, I know, but yeah, I have to mention this episode because I'll I'll get like I'll get strung up by micro USB cord if I don't. Yes, you will. Absolute justice. Oh, yes. Written by Jeff Johns and directed our legends, directed by Tom Welling and Society, directed by Glenn Winter, who also. Directed Jeff John's episode Legion, which we will talk about in the future. No pun intended. No, I think we're gonna do a whole Jeff John's episode. I think. Is what yeah. That's easier, and yeah. all three of those um, episodes are great. It was built as a small little event, which it was. All I can remember is having bronchitis on that night. I remember that. Yeah. You were like, I have bronchitis. Yeah, I actually wrote on the on the. The Smallville, um, this shoe website that I have bronchitis. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. But it was a great episode. Oh. Well, two episodes. Yes, two episodes, as Petty likes, as Petty rightly calls it. You could, honestly, I don't think this should have been in the season. You should have shown this, like, on a winter hiatus. That would have been good. Because here's the reason I say why, and this is not bagging, like, dogging the episode at all, because I like the episode. It really didn't play into the rest of the season much at all. No, I mean, it helped set up why they were in Salvation, but that's about it. And it gave John Jones' powers back. It helped with the episode Checkmate and Salvation, but other than that, was it really needed within the se- within the season? No, unless you, unless you need to know what happened why other things happen later. Yeah, but again, you could have done that as like a Christmas episode or like a Christmas event, and I think it would have worked a lot better. Well, I still am for the TV movie thing, and I think that's yeah. what they should have done for a finale as well, because they would which, have a bigger budget. Which we which we heard about before Season 9 started, but I will say this, though. Comparing Season 9 and 10, Savior was a lot better than Lazarus. Lazarus had Lex. But Savior <laughs> had a lot more WTF moments going on. This is true. Because, and we're not, and again, I'm not, and I need to bring this point home one more time. We hardly knew anything what was going to happen in Savior. No, we didn't know. And we didn't we really didn't know Salvation either. We didn't know. But we didn't know, we didn't know um, Lazarus either, though. Yeah, well, we knew more with Lazarus than we knew with Savior, because quite honestly, they wanted to get people interested because Lazarus was season 10's opener, and it was the last season. Yeah, but we, did, season we didn't know the Lex thing. We had no clue. 
Yeah, but we didn't know anything about this episode, Savior. I agree. Yeah, we, they gave us trailers in Comic Con. Yeah, they gave us the Comic Con. But other than that, we pretty much knew nothing. Yeah, all we saw was him catch the train. Yeah, and Clark on the crow's nest with the silver house of all shield. I to close this up about season nine because we want to move into something a little about the podcast in general it, it is available on playstation network it is available on amazon unbox um zoom marketplace for xbox 360 and windows phone obviously on itunes netflix Net, no it's not on netflix a chance um, wait what yeah i know point is if you can get this season at your local library, or if you want to rent it, it is available for rental. Just rent this season if you just want a good beginning, middle, and end to well, I, season of TV. See, I say buy this season, because if everyone is buying Smallville DVDs, there's a higher possibility we could get a TV movie. Yes. Which Tom and Welling has stated. especially now that a lot of the older season, especially if you go to Walmart or... Best Buy around this time period actually, where they lower the prices down to like nineteen bucks, bucks a season. Yeah, and a spe- and they just re- released the first um, five seasons, I think, in the new packaging. Oh, they oh yes, the thinner the thinner case. Yes. Seasons, but anyway, it's a great season, guys. I don't think I don't think you're gonna be disappointed. I mean, I looked on Amazon.com's website for the reviews of this season, and reviewers can be very brutal on that website. And this one was very kind to the to this season, just because of all the great work that Kelly Saunders and Brian Peterson did as showrunners. Yeah, and I'm just gonna real quick give my honorable mentions. Okay. My, Sorry about that. No, it's no problem, dude. Uh, mine are uh, Savior, obviously, Metallo, which is definitely one of my favorites of this season. I'd have to skip Rabbit, go to Echo. Okay. I, I do like oh. Echo. I love Crossfire and Candor. Idol is pretty good. And Pandora, Pandora's awesome. Absolute Justice, which is Society and Legends to me. Then there's, uh, what else do I like? Checkmate I like. I actually am one of the few who like Upgrade. Yeah, I hated Upgrade. See, a lot of people did. And then I like Shrade, Hostage, and Salvation. Yeah. Hostage. And, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that a couple other, other like, um, behind-the-scenes and on-camera people came on. Um, Perry White makes his return, Michael McKeon, and his real-life wife, Annette O'Toole, returns as Martha Kent. In hostage, mm-hmm. and Greg Beeman, probably the greatest um, Smallville director ever. Would you agree? I would agree. Returns after a like five or six season hiatus to direct the finale, Salvation. And for those of you who don't know, Greg Beeman also yes, he directed Falling Skies, a lot of Falling Skies stuff he did, and, and Heroes, and he did Heroes, yes. Yes. Um, again, I think for this, like, season, we'll rate this 5 out of 5, for at least I will. Yeah, I agree. I still miss Lax, but that's because of last season. Yeah, but this season has everything. It has romantic comedy, it has horror, it has action, great music, um, yeah. great storylines. Do yourself a favor and just rent it, or if you like blind buying something, please buy this season. It also has Burning Towers. It has Burning Towers. Um, to close this up, about the podcast, I had a BlackBerry smartphone, and then I, and then I returned it because I, I, I'm used to using iPhones and Android. Congratulations, you won. And this, and this goes to every... To everyone listening, if you're you're thinking about buying a BlackBerry and you've only used iPhones, Windows phones, and Android phones, just stick with those because you're not gonna like Blackberries, trust me. But anyway, I I had the BlackBerry desktop software plugged into my Mac, and I noticed if you have iTunes, which quite honestly, Penny, 
shouldn't everybody already have iTunes anyway, even though you don't know iDevices? Yes. If you have iTunes on your Windows or Mac computer, your, your uh, BlackBerry desktop software will automatically sync everything from your podcast to your movies and TV shows to your music onto your BlackBerry, including this podcast. Will it really? Yes, it will. That's yes, a nice feature. Yes, that, that is a good feature. And it syncs up everything perfectly with the album art and everything. But if you have a Microsoft Zoom or a Windows phone and you want to know how to, how to subscribe and sync up your device with the podcast so you're not tied down to your Windows computer or your Mac, mm -hmm. just tweet me. Uh, WSK9002 or one of the guys, Nico, Dan, or Michael J. Pitty will retweet me your tweet and I'll give you the instructions to like um, subscribe to the podcast via the Zoom Marketplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Zoom thing is kind of messed up though. Yeah, I've worked with Zoom a lot so I have no problem and really Penny, if that's true, please don't get on that. If anybody has any questions about, you know, the Zoom Marketplace software or trying to use it to subscribe to this podcast, let me know and I'll and I'll send you the instructions. Well, if you can just like set it up so everyone can do it automatically, that'd be great too. Yeah. Can you yeah, do that? I sent the podcast URL link to the Zoom Marketplace to be like um, submitted to the Zoom Marketplace software, so that should be coming within like the next couple months or so, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, podcast podcast subscriptions to get submitted in the marketplaces and like things like that. Other than iTunes, takes a long time, and even iTunes it takes a long time. I'm sorry, guys, but it's just the way it goes. Yeah, because Dan, <laughs> when he first when they first started across the airwaves, I think he got it up in like a month or something on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. We're so, I'm sorry about that, guys. I wish we could do more, but. I'll, I'll let you know if there's any more news. Mm -hmm. Um, please, I think we have to say thank you to a few people, don't we, Michael? Yes, thank you, Dan and Nico, for allowing us to do this on a weekly basis. Yes, and please follow me at WSK9002 at Twitter. And what is my co-host's Twitter once again? It is... MJ Petty 7 and you can also follow the Across Airwaves Twitter at Across Airwaves. There's no the, just Across Airwaves. And you can email us at acrossairwaves at gmail.com and please specify in the subject that you are emailing the small little retro reviews, the SSR. And we also have a Facebook page. Just go into your search bar on the Facebook website and type in Across the Airwaves. Yep, that's that easy, guys. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't and know we will be on here, And we will be here next time with maybe a big surprise, maybe. Maybe, just maybe, and we're not telling you what that is. All we're no, telling. No, that's why they call it a surprise. Yeah, just nice hair. That's it. Yeah, anyway, nice hair. Anyway, for our sponsors, Dan Schmidt and Nico Reifsteck, I am your host, Michael J. Petty. And I am And until next week, where we will be reviewing episodes 100 and 200, Reckoning and Homecoming respectively, we will catch you on the airway. Yes, Dan, I pull your thunder there. Alright, thanks. <laughs> Actually, I'm not fading this out with this song today, so fun. Anyway. No, stop. You're gonna ruin my editing time. Alright, we're gone. I'll see you guys.